This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. We have a packed show today. I'm going to be covering growth mindset and lean innovation and what happens when you put them together and you integrate both growth mindset and lean innovation because there is a connection. They complement each other. They work together really well. I'm going to share some case studies of how some individuals and some companies have been leveraging growth mindsets and innovation and also helping you to identify opportunities within your business as well. Oh, just to say before we do that, if you would like to read a more detailed article that I've written on growth mindset, it's a free article and it's about sort of 5,000 words of research on this, but very practical and very approachable, then do go to bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash growth hyphen mindset, and that article is there for you. Okay, so let's start off with what is a growth mindset? And I think sometimes people think they know what a growth mindset is, but there are lots of different interpretations. So I'm sure everybody's interpretation is probably correct in some shape or form. But let's have a look and unpack what it actually means in practice. So firstly is having a growth mindset means that you are willing to try new experiences and develop new skills. You'll put yourself out there, you'll learn. You might not get everything right all the time, but you know you're gonna learn from your mistakes and you don't take those mistakes personally. You don't see them as some sort of slight or shortcoming that you have in yourself you see it as learning and an opportunity for growth. You understand that the effort and attitude that you bring directly influences your abilities and success so that you have some efficacy over and some influence over what happens and that the energy you bring is really important. You see challenges as being an opportunity to grow and also feedback is great as well. You see that constructive feedback gives you some insight that could help you improve and that whatever you set your mind to, you can do almost anything, um, you'll figure it out. So that's what a growth mindset is. And think about this as well, not just from your own individual perspective, but as a business leader, uh, maybe as an innovator, as a facilitator, as an entrepreneur, what is the growth mindset of your culture that you have in your business, of your team, of the people who you work around? Are they showing a growth mindset as well. How are you seeing it? So think about this both individually, but also at the team and the organisational level as well. The opposite of a growth mindset is a fixed mindset. So fixed mindset, growth mindset. And people who demonstrate a fixed mindset, essentially they're afraid to fail and get things wrong. They see being correct as a really important attribute. You know, they want to be right. And they think that if they're seen to be wrong, that's somehow some sort of reflection on them, their personality, their ability, their professionalism. So what happens with people with a fixed mindset is they think that failure is at the limit 
of their abilities and they give up more easily. They want to become experts more quickly so they'll give up sooner when they're trying to learn something because they get frustrated if they can't master something straight away. Often people with a fixed mindset will take feedback personally and as I've said they think it's more important to be right to be correct than it is to learn. Now all of this has been really well researched and the pioneer of this research is a lady called Professor Carol Dweck who has written a book called Mindset, The Psychology of Success which is based on some brilliant research. Essentially she was really curious to work out why is it that some people, particularly starting with children, but what some people, even though you give them the same circumstances and you know very similar backgrounds and opportunities, why is it that some people succeed and others don't? And she looked at this question in children and then went also on to explore it in adults as well. And what she discovered is that the difference in the children and the adults who succeed versus those who don't and definition of success is an all-round definition. You know, it's not just about money and wealth and career. It's also about well-being and health and, and relationships and those sorts of things. But they were the ones that didn't have a fixed mindset. They are the ones with the growth mindset. And this is the thing that makes the difference. And then looking into that some more, of course, you know, growth mindset means that you go for things, you try things, you learn more, you do more, and that creates so many more opportunities, also more opportunities to do things, but also opportunities to succeed as well. So if you're interested in this, then I really do recommend you have a look at the, the book by Carol Dweck and maybe some of her articles online as well. Now, this matters in the world of work and it matters in the world of innovation, doesn't it? Because if we have a fixed mindset, it means we're not going to try things and we're less likely to innovate. Whereas if we come at things from a growth point of view, it's going to help us. Now, there is something called a false growth mindset or a pseudo growth mindset. And this is where it looks like you know, people are talking about growth mindset or they think they're doing it, but they're not really. And this is where people think if you know, just praise the effort, just praise the, the fact that people are trying. And that's good. But it's also important to recognize progress and outcomes as well as the effort that goes into things. And this isn't to say that growth mindset isn't about talent or ability or genetic predisposition or any of those things don't matter. Growth mindset absolutely acknowledges that those things play a role and a significant role. But it's about how we improve those, how we build on those, how we work with what we've got to become um, even better and even stronger. People think that you can just have a growth mindset, but if you don't, you know, if you don't address those underlying beliefs, um, behaviours and habits, then it'll be very superficial. So it's something that is about really understanding and learning that failure doesn't reflect on you personally. It is a learning opportunity. It's a growth opportunity and seeing that very differently from taking it personally. So to give you a few examples, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, really big advocate of growth mindset. I'm going to talk about Microsoft in a moment. Oprah Winfrey, media mogul, philanthropist, you know, have a look at these people online and have a look at their stories. I mean, you know, she came from some really challenging beginnings and has just gone from strength to strength to strength through growth mindset. Another example is Lei Jun, who's founder and CEO 
of Xiaomi, the, the tech business. So some examples for you to look into there. But I just want to give you an example of, of an organization where growth mindset is absolutely key, and that is Microsoft. And they say that growth mindset is about empathy, it's about listening and learning, it's about living the culture, sense of belonging, curiosity and collaboration. And I love the expression, it's about learn it all instead of know it all culture. And I think, I mean, I've worked in organisations where it's been a know it all culture and learn it all is so much more liberating and empowering and a fun place to be. And it just generally feels better too. And what the Microsoft CEO did when he came in is, you know, Microsoft has, needs to evolve and grow like any other organization. And, you know, they succeeded with the cloud and now in the new world of AI and all of those things, you know, this growth mindset has been really empowering the learning behind the organization pioneered by their CEO. And how does this affect innovation? Well, I relayed a bit on about this earlier, but essentially a growth mindset encourages us to take risks and to do things and to move out of our comfort zone through our fear zone a little bit into the learning zone. And from the learning, we get growth. So having this growth mindset gives us permission and empowers us to try things and do things differently, to learn from the setbacks that we have and treat those setbacks as research and developments, right? Nothing more and nothing less. It's about continuous improvement. And all of these are essential ingredients for innovation. So how do we develop a growth mindset culture with our teams and in business? So we can work on that for ourselves, but how do we nurture it and in others. And the first thing we need to do is to create an environment of psychological safety. You know, and that makes sense, doesn't it? It needs to be safe not to always get things right. It needs to be safe not to be always having the answer to hand whenever anybody asks anything. So what psychological safety is, it's about having an environment where if somebody speaks up, if somebody tries something, if somebody doesn't know and they say they don't know, then that's okay. Again, the researcher behind the concept of psychological safety is Professor Amy Edmondson from Harvard University. And it really is a core thing, not just for innovation or growth mindset, but for high-performing teams in general. People have got to feel that it's okay for them to be them and to be human and not have to be perfect all the time, and that they'll be accepted for being different, for trying things and having um, fresh ideas. So that is the starting place. And leadership role modeling can really help with this because people will subconsciously and consciously look to see what leaders are doing and they'll be taking their cues from the leaders in their organization. So for you as a leader, think about, do you demonstrate a growth mindset? How do you respond when the organization fails? So think about your response to the language that you use and how you deal with it and how you encourage others in those situations. Are you trying things? Are you experimenting? Or are you keeping safe all the time? Is it important for you to always to be seen to be right? Or are you big and humble enough to recognize and be open about you don't know all the things all the time and that you can learn from your team and the people around you? So leadership role modeling playing a really significant role. 
and think about the reward mechanisms that you might have in your organisation. How do people get recognised for what they do? What do you define as success in your organisation and does it match? Is it consistent with the outcomes that you would want to get from a growth mindset? You know, are you rewarding the right things? And I don't just mean financially. I mean with your thank yous, with other, you know, incentives and recognition that you have, promotion, how people get on around here, all of those sorts of things. Are they consistent with cultivating this culture? Of growth mindset. The other thing you can do is open up collaboration opportunities and actually proactively create those so that people get to, to learn from each other and work together and so on. Some more reading. I'm into recommending some reading today. I'm clearly in that frame of mind. I've got a holiday planned very soon and uh, I'm thinking about my own reading list. These books, of course, I've read and really recommend them. This is a fearless organisation. Uh, Creating Psychological Safety in the Workplace for Learning, Innovation and Growth by Amy Edmondson, which is a really good read. I've also created on the Big Bang Partnership YouTube channel. So if diving into psychological safety is something you want to get into a little bit more, then there are some resources there for you. So growth mindset. Hopefully you can see that I've made a case for how important it is for innovation, for doing new things, for taking the business forward. And when you combine that cultural element with the process side of things, put processes in place that work together with the culture to innovate, then that's where I think the magic really happens. So let's start off by thinking now, what is lean innovation? Because that is the process that when you put it together with growth mindset, creates some fantastic results for your business. I'm going to start off by defining what I mean by lean. And my definition of lean is it's a streamlined approach to business and product development that focuses on minimizing waste, maximizing value and creating value and rapidly responding to changing customer needs and market conditions. So lean is about being fast, agile, responsive, doing the right amount of stuff, being smart, not overdoing things so that you can move with the times and get your innovations out there, getting the innovations to hit the mark and hit the nail on the head where it needs to and do so really, really quickly. So that's what I mean by lean. And of course, innovation is where you are purposely doing something new, doing something differently, and that's not been done in that way before. It doesn't have to be completely original or invented. It's just in your context, wherever you are, you're doing your thing for the first time. So you're doing new things and you're doing it in a lean way. That is what lean innovation is. So lean innovation then, it's about moving fast, working smart, doing the right things, being very responsive to the environment. And it means being very customer centric as well, putting the customer at the heart of things, because in organisations, we're all there, whatever our organisation, we're all there to help our customer and support our customer. And customer could be, you know, internal, external, a non-paying customer, a paying customer. It means all sorts of of different things, right? But whoever you're there to serve, it's about putting them at the centre And it's about trying things and trying things quickly, safely, inexpensively, with low risk. So that's what we mean by rapid experimentation and iterative development. So going round and, you know, 
round and round, trying a bit, learning and going again. That's iterative. Continuously improving, always moving forward, never settling. That, you know, it, things could always be a little bit better and a little bit better and better again. Reducing waste, risk and necessary spending and accelerating time to market as well. Lean innovation processes can help with this because what they do is they give you the structure to do this role modeling. And the lean innovation cycle is very related to growth mindset, isn't it? It matches. We build something or create something, do something, put it out there into the world, measure the impact, see what sort of results we get, learn from those results, and then iterate, which just means go again. So we're constantly going round and round and that loop. And I love the expression, we should always be in beta, which means that everything can always get better. We're always improving and we're always moving things forward. There are some key things that you can do to put in place in your organization to match and support growth mindset and deliver these innovation results. The first one of these is to work to a principle called minimum viable product, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about before. Lots of resources on these, but essentially your minimum viable product is creating something which is um, good enough, it really does match the customer's needs, but you can test it and learn from it. It's minimum, so no more, no less. It's viable in that it works really well for the customer, and obviously it's a product, but you can have a service as well. So when you're looking to do something new, or you've got an idea, then create a minimum viable product. So what's the smallest version that you could try and put out there and see how how it works, see what the response is from a customer point of view, from a user point of view. So if you want to do a new website for your business, but before you want to invest in all of that and think about how it, you know, how it should look and what it should have in it, you could even just do some mock-up drawings, you know, really simple or a collage or something like that and share those with customers and get some feedback. It can be as easy as that before you go down the, the road of investing full on. Continuous deployment means we're always doing it. Validated learning means we use data and we use insights so that we're not just working on assumption and gut feel and intuition. That's all great. We need to combine that with our data, but we're validating the learning and the impact we're having with the data that people are giving us when we're testing these things. So that website, for instance, you might talk to a number of people and get some views from them. And then you'd look at the data that you've got and use that to inform the decisions that you make going forward in terms of the next steps for your website. And split testing could be just changing one thing and seeing if that works better than the other thing. If I do it in blue, does it work better than when it's in green or worse? If I use this picture, does it work better than this picture? All of those things, you know, you can you can find out just small tweaks make better results. So these don't have to be really, really huge things, but make a big difference. And with lean innovation, it's about measuring success. Now, I would say that it's important to think about actionable metrics when you're measuring how well you're doing and using this data for your growth mindset so you can learn, be curious and then go again with the next phase of success. What data is meaningful? What metrics, what measures, what indicators are meaningful? Does it matter how many followers you've got on social media? Or is it more important to think about how many of those followers are actually engaged? And maybe how many of those followers 
are visiting your website, going to your premises, buying your stuff. So think about what matters rather than the vanity metrics, which are the things that make us feel good, right? The things that don't make a difference. Another principle in lean innovation is the principle of the one metric that matters. So you pick something that you think is really meaningful when you're going to test and see how that goes. So it could be revenue, it could be sales increase, it could be visitor numbers, all of those things. When you're launching something and getting something off the ground, as you get it off the ground, you might change your most important metric might be how long do people stay with you? How long do you retain them for? How much do they spend with you once you've retained them? Do they keep coming back? This is a lean innovation principle, which is important because it gets you to focus on what matters rather than loads and loads of data in a sea of data. Now, this comes with a disclaimer that it doesn't mean that you ignore all the other metrics and you only look at this one thing because that can lead to unintended consequences, right? So, but it is, what's the one thing that we're really aiming for here? And that helps because you get real clarity in terms of the direction that you need to go in, but your team gets real clarity as well. So what is the OMTM, the one metric that matters? That's a real thing. And then you monitor and adjust based on those. Now, lean innovation doesn't mean that because we're testing quickly and we're getting that feedback and we're going again and we're doing all this in a very agile sort of way, it doesn't mean that we are sloppy about it or that we cut corners in the lean process. So we're lean, we're smart and we're agile and we do it properly. So we need to make sure that to avoid some common errors that people make, some some pitfalls that people get into, they don't do enough customer discovery. They cut corners. They think they know what customers want and how customers are going to respond. We don't do that. You know, we need to make sure we truly listen to customers and spend enough time and effort on that. So don't misinterpret. Don't ignore feedback. When we're doing a minimum viable product, something that we're just going to test and put out there and see what the response is, the temptation to over-engineer it can be massive. We don't want to do that because then it stops being a minimum viable product. And it's hard to understand then which elements of the product or service are working and which aren't and what's contributing to the customer reaction. You know, the more complicated something is, the more complex something is, the harder it is to separate the different points. So no over-engineering, just keep it really nice, streamlined and simple. Make sure you test and validate Don't talk lean innovation and then don't do it. Make sure that you go with the flow and you keep changing, you keep learning and don't try and grow things too quickly. So once you get your feedback, do a really nice staged approach. So some real examples. This is one that you may or may not have heard of. Buffer do social media scheduling. There's a tool so you can get all your social media scheduled and out there and it'll publish the right thing on the right right date in the way that you want it. Now, when Buffer started, they had just a simple landing page, a website page that gauged interest and collected email addresses. It put people on an email list. They launched a minimum viable product based on the feedback that they had and they focused on doing one thing, scheduling social media posts and being really good at that one thing. And what they did was they got feedback from customers, used that data to keep going and and further and further and get better and better. And over time, sustainably expanded their offer so that there were things like data analytics and team collaboration features over time. And it grew from that simple idea, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger 
you know, building out and building out into a successful company with millions of users. Another example, this has been around for a while, probably since around 2015, but they keep doing it. We're in 2023 and this company is still doing this today, which is Zara. They've launched recently, well, not just recently, as Zara pre-loved. You know, that's the way that fortunately that the market and the industry is going with sustainability. But Zara has a really agile supply chain. They bring designs to market really quickly. They do a small batch. They make something, make a few of them, see how it goes. And if it sells well, then they'll make some more. They use data to drive their decision-making and they keep refining designs using customer feedback and progressing the brand moving forward. So Zara are also famous for lean innovation and growth mindset working. And the final example I've got for you, again, a different one, is Grameen Bank, which is a microfinance organization in Bangladesh. And what this organization does is it provides small loans to low-income individuals, particularly women, without needing any collateral at all. It does it in a very innovative way. And they started with a really simple, clear hypothesis, which is that small loans could help people get out of poverty by helping them to start and grow a small business. They tested it in a small village, gave some loans to a group of women. They monitored it, they analysed it, and then as they learned, they grew and expanded the programme out to other villages. And now this model has been replicated all over the world and it's helping millions of people to escape poverty and do that in a really empowered and positive way as well. So putting together growth mindset culture and lean innovation as a process, as a set of principles, when you put them together, you get a really winning combination for your organisation, whatever type of organisation you're in. It helps you embrace change. It helps you make better decisions because you're being data-driven and you're listening to customers. You get people working better collaboratively, cross-functional teams. Well-being improves because of the psychological safety of being in this growth mindset culture environment. People embracing failures as learning opportunities and it helps people think more entrepreneurially and work with greater autonomy as well. By doing these things and putting these principles into action, you can unlock higher levels of innovation, adaptability and long-term success. And that drives growth, competitive advantage and helps to future-proof your business as well. You're building incredible intellectual capital in your organization which really builds resilience and strengthens your organization too so i hope that was useful thank you everybody um, for joining me i really appreciate you being here with me on the show there's lots more free resources on the bigbangpartnership.co.uk website so do go and check those out there's lots of articles so thank you um, i'll see you very soon bye for now Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.